Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. <sighs> of course, we're going to talk about Ronaldo. We're also going to talk about how bad Peacock sucks. Kemi is going to fill us in on Aston Villa and Chelsea. The Wolves scored finally. We're going to talk about our top 11. Which squad would we love to have if, if we were just to look at it from a blank slate? And we're also going to talk a little bit about red card controversy over the weekend. Gentlemen, what's up? Hey, hey. What's going on, guys? We're missing Tim. Tim is in Mexico. Uh, doing some important work for the organization we work for. So Tim is out. He did, however, uh, send me his uh, picks and a little two-minute audio about Liverpool, So, uh, which I haven't listened to. So we'll get to all listen to it fresh, live, in living color. So uh, we're going to get to Ronaldo reluctantly. We're also going to talk about Peacock a little bit. But first... We are, fo- we are soccer neophytes. I almost said football neophytes. We are soccer neophytes. And so uh, we want to start with our neophyte. Kemi, you watched Aston Villa, yeah. the villains, and Chelsea. <clears throat> uh, give it to us. Let us know. How, how was that match? Uh, it was interesting. I'll say they started with a tribute, a 9-11 tribute, which was really cool. The players oh. took a knee on the field, on the pit, pitch, on the pitch. On the pitch. There we go. Um, pretty cool. The announcers said a couple words, so that was a pretty cool way to start, um, given what uh, the anniversary of the weekend. Here's my takeaway. <laughs> um, I went in featuring Aston Villa only to cheer. <laughs> Am I allowed to say this? Yeah, you I can mean, yeah, say it. What's your reaction? Okay. Lukaku? Yeah. Okay. Was he not on another uh, team recently? Did I miss that? Or am I confused? Last season. We, remember, this is Romelu Lukaku. You wanted me to say his name over and over. over. Yeah. So he, yeah. He was in Italy for the last couple of years. Okay. Um, so this is his just, first year. This is his first. Well, he's, yeah, he's with Chelsea. Okay. But he's been in the Premier League before. Okay. Um. The man is fun to watch. I found myself cheering for Chelsea. I'm sorry. It's, (laughs) I don't know what happened at some point, something shifted and I was cheering fully for Chelsea. They were super fun to watch. Mendy, their goalie reminded me of my first match watching Liverpool. Um, The man was freaking everywhere. At one point he, he he had two saves. One looked like he was on his back. Um, I was obsessed with everything Chelsea was doing, including the, the sloppy goal that was looked like a give me. But Lukaku was fun. Failed slide celebration. Everything they did was just fun to me. It, I think I'm getting nostalgic because my first, my first match was Liverpool. And I had so much fun watching it. And I haven't really felt that. And I felt it. <laughs> supposed to be featuring Aston Villa. I found myself cheering for Chelsea. I'm being honest. Hey. This That's is what fine. it's about. I mean, sometimes it's a matter of like which matches you watch 
when and who scored. I mean, the Wolves match that I watched my first year, they won four to three against Leicester. And it was this epic match, right? With a game winner late in the match. And so, yeah, sometimes it's just, you can't watch every, you can't watch every match. You can only focus on a few. And so sometimes it's just the luck of who you watch and when you watch them. So no, I think, I think the fact that you featured Chelsea and, or you featured, you're featuring Aston Villa, but focused on Chelsea. I think that happens. Let me say this to anyone anyone considering getting into this sport do it (laughs) without any pretense i had more fun realizing that i flipped allegiance during that match Um, as opposed to being locked into one i'm sure like if i were a diehard fan of liverpool or whatever a loss would just deteriorate my week and a win would just elevate my week but going in neutral i had a ton of fun so this is my PSA to anyone listening, jump in. It's a ton of fun. And don't pick your team yet. Just have fun. That's what I did this weekend. And I apologize because I went off format, but it was a ton of fun. Don't apologize because that's awesome. That's what it's about. It also helped you eliminate a team already. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It it, made it easy. Yeah, it's almost like uh, when I watch a game with my son who has really no allegiances outside of like Sons and Cardinals. So if we're watching any game that doesn't involve those teams, he's like, who are we cheering for, Dad? And it's like, I, I don't care. And he's like, yeah. okay, cool. And then he's just like, oh, that play was sick. <laughs> so it was like that. It was like, you know, watching you with the sun this, this week. Yeah. I want to fall in love with the sport before I fall in love with the team. And I'm falling in love with the sport. Yeah, that's – I mean – that's what we did obviously. And I think it's, it's created so much more love for the sport and I think it'll create longevity. Um, I try and encourage people when they're like, who should I, who should I root for? Um, I always try and get them to watch a whole season. It's hard to be that patient. Anyone else stand out? I mean, from, from you, I mean, we can talk about Chelsea again, obviously Pulisic didn't play. Um, which he would be someone to keep an eye out for, but anyone stand out from, from either of the clubs to you besides Lukaku? Mendy. Oh yeah. The goalkeeper. Yeah. I, um, growing up, played a lot of basketball. I was, I could always jump really high. So I was really good at defending the rim. So goalies kind of have a special place in my heart. Love it. Also his green kit, that neon green stood out. <laughs> Hard I, I, no kidding. I appreciated that. Chris wanted us to lead with Ronaldo, but I, I rejected that for starting with the neophyte and I'm going to delay it just one little moment longer for me to talk about how frustrating Peacock is. Uh, American fans, we all know how maddening Peacock is. You can't pause Peacock. There's no way to go live. It just runs. It's the most ill thought of like, way to watch a sporting event uh plus yeah they put so many matches on nbc put so many matches on there you're forced to pay for it if you want to watch a whole bunch of matches it's so maddening but if that wasn't bad enough basically peacock was shut down there it wasn't working for the 7 a.m or 7 a.m west coast matches on uh, saturday morning so I missed the first 30 minutes of wolves. I was on Twitter to see if it was something wrong with me, but everyone was bitching about it. So peacock, you're literally the worst, 
But what game was not on Peacock? And actually, I think the probably the reason Peacock went down is because Manchester United was on. And this was a worldwide thing. I, I heard some guys in the UK were talking about how their streams were going down. Ronaldo himself may have broken the internet over the weekend. Did you just segue <laughs> unintentionally? No, very intentionally. Oh, very well done. Yeah, it was great that that was... I think there were only two games not on Peacock that morning, and that was one of them. It stayed up. I got to watch it in all of its glory. And, I mean, you couldn't write a better script. I mean, that was a movie script, right? The guy comes back to the club where he kind of became who he was 12 years later as, you know, the aging veteran on his way out potentially. And then he scores the first goal, which was just a nothing goal. It was a a deflection on a shot, the goalie stopped. It just went right to him, and he just taps it in. So he gets the first one as a gimme. Uh, you know, they come right back, and and Newcastle scores to even the match. And then uh, he scores again, unbelievably, on a on a really nice pass to lead him forward. He has a great touch into the box, and then he nutmegs the goalie for for the brace. Which, Kemi, I don't know if you remember, but the brace means two goals in a single game. So he gets his brace. Uh, he scores the first two goals, and then from there, it's just a party where uh, the rest of the team follows suit. But, I mean, just an unreal – It was, I think it was, like, what everyone hoped and prayed for, who was, like, a United fan or, like, really rooting for Ronaldo and wanting him to come through. But I don't know if anyone actually believed that that was going to happen. Like, it was insane. And I, some of the coolest stuff is, you know, if you ended up watching the beginning of that game because Peacock sucks so much – um, you know, the commentators talked about how there was this new aura at Old Trafford that they hadn't felt since Sir Alex was there. Um, because, you know, let's be honest, like a lot of Manchester United fans suck and they're brutal and they like to hate on their team for whatever reason, instead of encouraging them or trying to speak well of them, they like to tear them down and talk about guys that, that aren't playing well, or, you know, we need this guy or that guy and Ole needs to go. Uh, but they were talking about how there's like this new, like fun atmosphere at Old Trafford just from having him back. And so like all around, it was just such a great morning for me. Great afternoon in the UK, obviously great for the uh, United fans to be able to, to welcome him back as loud as they did. And for him to put two in was unreal. Bruno scores a goal as well, which was beautiful. I mean, it, it was just a great, it was a great match for United. It was, it was awesome. It was unbelievable. Uh, movie type stuff that you write and never think is actually going to happen in real life. Yeah. My question, my question for you coming out of this is especially after that first goal is a little like tap in um, how mad is Cavani that now there's a new poacher in town. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I, I, I don't know, you know, somehow Cavani pulled off getting, him the number seven when they said it wasn't allowed. Uh, somehow there's all these pictures of Cavani and him hugging and hanging out and like, you know, practicing together, even though Cavani's injured right now. Um, so from all aspects and reports, they seem like they're actually pretty good friends and get along very well. Um, but it's, I mean, you start to run into these things of like, well, what do you do with this roster now? Because, you know, Greenwood's playing out of his mind. The kid's 19 years old still, and he's 
probably one of the better players, better scorers in the league. Um, you've got Ronaldo now. You've got Cavani now. Marcus Rashford hasn't even played this season because he has shoulder surgery in the offseason. Um, I almost forgot just, about Rashford. Like, right, which is insane because he's one of the best players in the world. Yeah. And, and, and so it's – Gosh, I forgot he's not there right now. It's crazy. And so they have this just – overflow of talent up front which they haven't had since i became a fan so it's like super fun to watch but it's like well you have had it you're just a lucky united fan with <laughs> so much talent you don't realize what you have so there is way well, more than they've ever had but comparatively i guess maybe yeah, that's yeah, what okay. you're saying right is like yeah, yeah so comparatively right because look daniel james is a good player anthony Martial is a good player i don't think they're great players um but the guys that are playing over them are great players or guys that are going to be there to play over them are great players. And so it's crazy. Like someone posted a picture on, on Twitter the other day where it was a starting front five of like, most people probably haven't even heard of these guys. If you haven't been following the team, because there was a huge turnover um, in like 17, 18, right as I was becoming a fan. So the end of the Jose era, you know, where they're playing like Perea in the middle and, um, you know, starting Juan Mata outside and Daniel James was there for the first time. And it's like a not great lineup. And it's like, when you look at it now and it's like, oh, Bruno Fernandez, Paul Pogba, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Rashford, Greenwood, Cavani, like it's insane what so they've sad. got right now. It's crazy. And so it's super fun right now as a United fan obviously the euphoria of having Ronaldo back and just seeing what he did in his first game and the effect that he has on the stadium, on the club, on the management, like it's unbelievable. Uh, they've already made up the $13 million they paid um, Juve for uh, his initial transfer fee, which could go up. Obviously they already made that up in his Jersey sales. <laughs> so uh, it, it's pretty funny. And I also did see, I don't know if this was speaking of the UK or the United States. I believe it's the United States stat, uh, but the United game on Saturday registered 8.6 million viewers, which makes it the highest watched football game, soccer game in in the country. And I believe it was for the U S cause that wouldn't make sense in, in UK, but uh, for almost 9 million people to watch Manchester United versus Newcastle on a Saturday morning at 7am is pretty crazy. Yeah. That's very impressive. You kind of hinted at it, but that Bruno goal was, was beautiful. <laughs> it was easily goal of the week until today. So we'll talk about that later. Yeah, that brew. I mean, like, I part of me is like, I love to talk about my team. I love to like love the guys on my team. You know, um, what I want to do is try and like rein it in when we come on these pods, right? Because we obviously want to hear from Kemi. We want to hear his his thoughts, what he's going through as he's watching matches. We want to talk about the league as a whole. And so, like, I feel like it's kind of easy for me almost every week to be like. Bruno this, Bruno that. Uh, but that goal was ridiculous. And like Newcastle was playing nine in the box. They were really parking the bus the whole game. And for them to give him that much room to just walk in to that shot was pretty dumb on their part. But for him to be able to hit it the way he does, just you still have strike, to hit it. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Top left corner dipping <laughs> goes above the keeper, dips down. Like keeper had no shot. So um yeah. Um, amazing goal. It was, it was just a great game. Like I was 
you know, tweeting with fans who were like, this is unbelievable. I'm crying. Like, all this stuff, like it was just such a fun, fun match to watch. It was so fun to welcome him back. And then looking at the bigger picture of getting Marcus Rashford back pretty soon and, and uh, you know, Cavani being there to spell Ronaldo when he needs a spell. It's just ridiculous right now. All right. Well, much to everyone's disbelief, um, Manchester United was not the only match that was on this weekend. Um there were some other matches. Tottenham went down for the first time in style. And we'll get, we'll get to that uh, a little bit later when we talk about some of the red card stuff that went down. Um, but I, I just want to talk about uh, Gallagher. That guy, he attracted me with his beautiful long blonde hair early on, but he is a ball player and he's making things happen. And I know when I picked, uh, picked, crystal palace to finish more towards the bottom of the table. Um, I thought they just, they didn't have enough firepower. I didn't think they were going to be able to do much, but uh, Gallagher seems to be a revelation. Do you guys get to see any of that match? I talked about him. I'll take everything I say with a grain of salt because yeah, I'm new to this, but I talked about him the first week. Um, because I think, I think it was because of his hair. I think we talked about yeah. his hair, but I'd mentioned um, he's a speedster. The dude is all over the place. Um, so as I'm going along, I'm making notes of players to keep my eye on who aren't necessarily like the Ronaldos or the Lukaku's, and he was one of them. Yeah, that's my only, that's my two cents on that. I can't speak much <laughs> into the match at all, but I can speak on him. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, I mean, he just seems to be a playmaker and every, every time crystal palace is scoring, he seems to be right in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see how Spurs fans react. I mean, Nuno obviously started really well there. This is some of like the Nuno we saw last year, the red card played a role, um, which, which we'll get into later, but um, definitely this is some of the problem with a Nuno squad not being able to score and then giving up, giving up goals as well. So there was actually three different red cards. Um, one straight red, which is probably the most controversial of all of them. And then two double yellows. Um, fascinating. It felt like a fiery weekend guys um we'll start with the harvey elliott injury um gosh those those injuries are so gross to watch anytime you hear um rebecca Lowe give you a warning not to watch if you don't want to see it in real time um you know it's going to be nasty and and sure enough you see Elliot's ankle flopping around, um, which you would assume is a break, but apparently it was a dislocated ankle, which is such a bummer because he was a guy who really stood out to me in these first few matches for Liverpool, young kid who just show showing a lot of promise. So obviously we're hoping uh, speedy recovery for him. Uh, but the controversy comes from Struick who, who, makes the tackle on him and really 
I watched it a couple times. They never offer the, the bummer about it is they never offer a slow motion replay because of the injury. So they don't want to show the injury in slow motion. Um, so you never get a slow motion replay, but in real time, it looks like he gets the ball first. Um, and it looks like a clean tackle. His just his his right leg, it looks looks like kind of catches Harvey Elliott's, I guess, left ankle and kind of drags it into the ground. I mean, obviously things are running at full speed, but um it looks like a clean tackle to me, guys. I mean, Kemi, I know you're you're just new at this, but Chris, Kemi, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I I mean, look, I'm on the record for not understanding red cards. <laughs> I think everyone should be tackled out there. It's fine. Uh, no, I, I when I watched it, I didn't think it was a red card, and the ref didn't think it was a red card. The ref didn't even think it was a foul. He let play continue until they saw how badly injured he was. Yeah. And then the ref still didn't card him. The card came from VAR. Uh, which is interesting to me. It, it was almost, I mean, this is almost like identical to the situation where with Sonny a couple years ago, where Sonny does the tackle yeah. from behind, he gets a yellow, I think, initially. Yep. And then when the ref saw that the guy broke his leg, he gives him a red. And then three days later, VAR overrules it and said, no, it shouldn't have been a red card, it should have been a yellow. Uh, it feels a lot like that same situation where in real time, just watching it, I didn't think it was a bad tackle. I think, I guess, because he does come from behind, I can understand that aspect of it. I think that's probably the biggest thing to take into account here is that he's coming from behind on a player who's going away from him. And I think that that is always viewed as a dangerous tackle no matter what. And in this case, obviously the result was horrific and not what you want to see ever. Um, so I guess I understand it. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, there's no intent there to, I don't think there's ever an intent to like seriously injure a player, especially in that manner. And so it's hard, but I know we've talked about this, like intent means nothing anymore. Um, the letter of the law is a letter of the law. And I guess if it's a, but it's not letter of the law in this case, it's a clean tackle. And I think that's the problem. And I think that's where the controversy arises is it was a clean tackle and the guy, and I think the nature of the injury resulted in, in a straight red. I don't think it really affects the match too much. Liverpool was up two nil. You don't, you don't anticipate them coming back from behind on that. Um, but still it just kind of raises into question like red cards and, and, and how they're going about handing them out. Obviously there's implications for the player who misses the next three matches and, uh, and that matters, but, but overall, I mean, a tragic injury with a questionable red card and there were worse tackles to be honest this weekend that didn't get. Yeah. yeah I'll be interested to see if VAR steps in and overrules VAR later this week. Like what happened with Sonny. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. There were two other, and they were such interesting, <laughs> interesting red cards. Uh, the other one we kind of hinted at earlier was in the, the Tottenham Crystal Palace match. Uh, Tanganga and Zaha get into a little tiff. They kind of, there's some, Tanganga pushes him hard. Uh, Zaha gets up, he's frustrated. They both get yellows, which is also kind of funny, right? Tanganga clearly like starts this this fight and and then Zaha 
retaliates, which, you know, we know how that goes in sports. Usually it's the retaliator who gets, who gets nailed, but then Tanganga gets another yellow later on. And then the wheels fall off for Spurs um, and Crystal Palace goes off for, for three goals. So um, that was an interesting one. And then the other red card being uh, Mikel Antonio, <laughs> which again, another like just testy little fight. Antonio throws Stevens to the ground, um, gets a yellow card for that. And then right at the end of the match, I think in like the sixth minute or the fifth minute, of extra time he comes in so high legs are just flailing um and gets another yellow so i know chris you're you're thankful for that uh yeah great great timing mr antonio i appreciate you one you know i'm a fan already because of your style of play but two i appreciate you sitting out the manchester united game this weekend it's means a lot to me i really appreciate it Kemi, did you see either of those um, those red cards or the yellows? I saw the broken or dislocated foot. Um, I didn't see intent. I didn't see anything malicious. Um, and the player who made the tackle, once he realized, he played on, and then once he realized the play had stopped and something was up, he had his hands on his head. So I'm does the severity warrant a, a change? That's that to me seemed weird. That seemed odd. That's something if I were a fan of that team, I'd lose my stuff on that kind of a call because it seemed like a clean slide, but I don't know the full rules. I just heard you say that um, a slide tackle from behind is illegal. Well, if there's contact. If there's yeah. contact. Yeah. Okay. But he's coming from behind, but he somehow gets around his body and is able. Which to is why it looked. Cl- it, I thought it was a great play. Yeah, it, it looked most- like he cleat. He it looked like his cleat. It was just perfect timing of his cleat sticking at the moment that he makes contact with the ball, which makes contact with his foot, which just oh, just yeah, bad yeah. bad timing. Very Kevin Ware moment. Oof, Kevin. Sorry Ware. about that. Yeah. <laughs> bringing that bringing that memory i I apologize that's all right well tim is not with us physically but he is with us in spirit and so uh tim we haven't even we've just talked about the harvey elliott red card and i'm sure tim will probably talk about that as well but uh he has sent an audio message for us to play for his two minutes of liverpool talk hey guys Tim here. I'm uh, calling this in from a bakery in Puerto Penasco, Mexico. It's a bakery called Panaderia Cornejo. Um, anyway, just want to uh, share a few quick thoughts about Liverpool, how they did yesterday. Um, yeah, I think it was a it was a weird game because on the one hand, it felt amazing. Uh, the team played really well. Um, really took care of Leeds. Leeds didn't really pose much of a threat at all. And so this was, it felt like a vintage Liverpool performance pre-COVID, pre-Virgil van Dijk injury. It felt like a really classic Liverpool performance. Everybody playing really well. Um, Some really nice goals and just kind of a good feel to the game. 
then of course the Harvey Elliott injury was brutal. Um, I'm sure you guys are talking about that on the show, uh, with the red card section, but, um, yeah, I mean, as for the call with red card, I don't know. It was a gruesome, terrible injury. I guess I don't know the rules well enough to really say whether it was worthy of being sent off, but it was a gruesome, gruesome injury. Um, and I really hope he gets well soon because he's, he's already looked like a, a star in the making and um, just the responses from the rest of the team. It seems like he's already really special to those guys. So uh, we wish him well. Hope he's not out super long, that he recovers fully and goes on to have a really, really long career for Liverpool. Anyway, um, that's it for now. Back to you guys. Oh, Tim, we miss you. We'll see you soon, buddy. Um, stay safe. Stay safe down there in Mexico. Um, Chris, you've gotten your shot with uh, Manchester United. All right, so I'm going to get a little chance to talk Wolves. So I will start the timer. Uh, I already mentioned my frustration with Peacock. I missed the first... 30 minutes of the match um, was able to watch a little bit of the highlights afterwards though. Look like a uh, classic game by wolves. Uh, they continue to put a, a lot of shots, a lot of pressure on the defense. Um, and this time they finally scored. Ironically, their first goal of the season was an own goal by Serialta, which was very funny. It was still a, it was still a good kind of short corner, kicked it in and the defender was just, uh, in the wrong spot, kind of bad positioning. Um, and then our first goal by a wolves player was by our recent signing Huang. He Chan, um, he scored, uh, kind of a, a easy sitter, uh, Podence came in inside the box and, really did this like brilliant little stutter step was really patient, chipped it over the top. Uh, I think size kind of hit it. It hit off a defender, it bounced to, to Huang. He put it in past the line defender saved it, but it came back out and he kicked it again. So I think the first strike it went in. So it was great to see uh, our recent signing scores. Good for us to get off the block um, and to get three points on the board, move up to 13th, which is good. Um, Treore continues to, to impress, um, Trincao, who's our signing on loan from Barcelona. He's been excellent. Saw had some good saves. Um, Ruben Neves has just been great in the midfield and we're third in shots behind Liverpool and city, which I think's a great place to be. We're playing really exciting football which is great. Can you clear something up for me real quick? Yeah. Okay. He Chan had a goal. Yep. Uh, where it looked like it, it was, it was cleared by the goalie in the net. Yep. And then he put it back. Yep. And that one counted. The, so the first one did not count. First one counted. He was just okay. making sure. Yep. So I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things I wanted to talk about is how goal line decisions are made. Um, in the Southampton West Ham game, uh, there was a shot, I think it was off a corner and Declan Rice was standing in the open part of the net 
bro broya had put a shot on i think it was a header heads it in declan rice is standing right on the goal line kicks his leg out and saves the goal you'll see that they'll go to show the goal line technology and for a goal to count it has to cross the entire length of the white so if the ball is if the ball's touching the white at all it is not a goal. Okay. So it's got to fully cross the white. So as you're so, watching, that's kind of one thing to watch for. Got it. So it's not an American football rule where break the plane. It's a score. It's it crosses the entire plane. And the, it's same all the way around the pitch. So if okay. the ball is going out of bounds, you'll see it touch the line. That's not out of bounds. The ball's got to go all the way across the line to be, to be out of bounds. But the player attached to the ball does not determine out of bounds. So the player can play from out of bounds as long as the ball is in. That's right. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's it's really different than American football or really any of our uh, basketball is the same. If your foot's on mm-hmm. the line, you're out. You're uh, out of bounds, yeah. Yep, all that. Okay. So kind of the opposite. You can be standing out, outside of the pitch and headed in. Um, you'll see keepers do that sometimes. You know, because it, matter, it matters on on the, the touch line there where – you know, it could be the difference between a corner kick or a goal kick. Right. And so you'll see guys really hustle and try and keep the ball from going out. There was a case last year too. So, you know, these guys are putting massive uh, curves on balls. I feel like, was it West Ham, Manchester United? Gosh, Chris, I don't, I have this like vague recollection of a goal. There was a goal scored by Manchester United the the ball was kicked and it curved like outside of the goal uh, outside of the line and curved oh. again and yeah. manchester united ended up scoring a goal on it and uh gosh i feel like it was west ham it could have been anyone really um, yeah it was it was united though and it was a ball down the sideline that they never got there wasn't a sideline angle on it yeah so there was never like a, a review that could see whether the ball actually went out of bounds or not but I remember that it, it feels like it was West Ham, but whoever the, the manager was of the other squad was furious because he yeah, saw he the ball go over his head, right? But it curved back in and there was just no way to prove it. So if the ball- I almost curved, feel like it was Everton because I, I just remember like David Moyes losing his mind. Yeah, maybe. Well, Ancelotti was their, their coach. Ancelotti, who was Moyes coaching Moyes for? Moyes is West Ham. So I think it was West Ham. Maybe that is right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, as for our Americans, not much happened this weekend. Um, Pula six injured again. He's out for at least 10 days. He got injured during the international break. Um, no other Americans featured or were even on the team sheets. I think, with uh, kind of a late international break and a lot of travel for those guys, they all um, arrived too late. So uh, Sergeant and Stefan weren't even on the team sheets. And then we lost another American Carter Vickers left Tottenham. He went to Celtic. And so we are down to uh, three Americans in the premier league. So Hopefully in January, maybe someone will transfer in, but uh, we're down to three. Um, I mean, we were kind of uh, talking about it a little bit earlier with how deep 
I feel this United squad has become. And so it got me thinking over the weekend, uh, who do you guys think has the best starting 11? And then if you could pick any one squad as just the deepest squad, like I would take that roster over any other roster out there, who would it be? Oh, I misunderstood the second part of your question. Um, but because I think the best squad and the kind of the deepest squad are, are kind of the same. Well, some are, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think the team the for me, it's man city. I still think no matter what, like Manchester city has the best overall, the best overall squad. And if we're just going like, which squad would I take to win? It would be, it would be city. Um, they're just, they're so deep. They're so talented. Um, I would go a city squad. I understood your question as like, which squad would I want because of like players that I like or that I enjoy to watch. So I take wolves out of that, of course. Yeah. Um, Go that route too. That's fun. To me, it would be Chelsea. I, you know, I have this little like secret love for Chelsea, obviously with, with Pulisic on there. Um, it's kind of, it's nice to have an American. It would be nice to have an American to cheer for. Um, I love Romelu Lukaku. I love good defense. So I love the way Mendy plays kind of like what you talked about, Kemi. Um, and as much as like Manchester, I can't get beyond Manchester. Like I know Chris, you want me to consider them. And I think I, I can consider them. I look at their squad, but in the same way, when I look at Liverpool, I'm like, yes, there's a lot of players that I like on Manchester United on Liverpool, but I just can't get behind them. There's they're They're just have so they've become sullied by the badge that they wear, you know? So <laughs> But Manchester United is definitely up there as as far as best squads go. There's no doubt about that. We've already praised them for that. Yeah. And I think when I look at it, I, you know, it kind of goes right along the lines of all our predictions preseason. There there really is a separation in the top four. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, the top of the table right now reflects that too, which is kind of strange because last year it took a while for that kind of to play out. But, you know look at the table and the top four or the top four right now. So it'll be interesting to see if, if that holds, but yeah, for me, it came down to city and United uh, between just who had the best roster. And I, this is where it's hard for me to take my own biases out. Right. Like it's of like, comparing, it's like comparing the 49ers and the Cardinals at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I think if they had a 23 year old Christian Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, you would, maybe probably easily say it's United uh, even with a 36 year old Ronaldo and Cavani coming in behind him. I just, I love that roster. The depth is just, is insane to me. Um, so I, I don't know. It's maybe it's a Homer answer to stick with United, but I do concede that city has incredible depth. I think that they're missing, you know, that upfront guy, they let Aguero go and didn't really bring anyone in to replace him, but they had people still already on the squad to replace him. So I don't know. It's, I guess it just comes down to your personal preference, right? Do you like salt or do you like pepper? 
There you go. Kemi, you've only watched a handful of teams, but what teams so far have you had the most fun watching? I think, uh, well, I would go with um, Liverpool because it was my first match. Um, I've loved watching secretly watching Chelsea. Even every week I'm not supposed to have, I think I've loved Lukaku. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of myself. I played football, but it's hard to not, um, I don't want to say bandwagon jump, but I, in basketball and football, you want points, you want flash and it's man city, right? With Ronaldo. No, no man, United. United. Please edit that out. Cause I'm sure I'll take some flack. United. <laughs> Just the, the goals they put up, um, coming from a basketball, football background, though that's attractive to me. Um, so I've, I'm averaging probably three, four matches a week and then highlights on the rest. Um, yeah. But I, I watch, man, oh, I'm going to do it again. I watch Manchester every, <laughs> every week because it's, uh, and now I'll be honest with you, I don't think I've ever seen Ronaldo play up until him coming back to the, te- to the team. Um, I've never understood the hype and I, I know that's warranted. Obviously he is who he is, but I, I saw it watching that match. Um, and it's weird cause he does it so effortlessly. So f- I think that would be my pick and I hate to sound like a bandwagon jumper, but I think when you're new to a sport, you have to pick a bandwagon to jump onto before you can make your own decision. So, oh, you don't have to. Welcome aboard, baby. You don't have to. Let's go. It ha- I'm sorry. It happened. For yeah, now. I mean, we're, we're already kindred spirits with the Cardinals and the Suns. We may True. as well just keep this going. No. Uh, I think I'm okay with that for now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll just feature wolves on a good day. Uh, I do want to talk about the goal of the week. We referenced Bruno's strike, which there weren't really that many remarkable strikes this weekend. So Bruno, I just, I like penciled it in there, almost wrote it in ink. And then today, Andros Townsend, who is kind of known for just rockets, fires, just a beauty. And I wasn't actually able to compare the two really closely together. They felt pretty similar. Did you guys see Townsend's goal? No, I didn't get a chance to see any of the highlights from today. We're busy. Oh, Townsend Townsend had a strike that was just a rocket and was, yeah, it was just, it was beautiful. And actually what's crazy is about five minutes later, he fired one that was even faster that went off the post from about almost the same distance. I mean, I thought, what the heck's going on? I mean, the wheels were falling off for Burnley and, uh, and, Everton was going off, but I think it's a toss up between those two this week. Just both, both rockets of, of, of goals. Do you know, is, is Townsend, is he dominant left or dominant right foot? I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sure for the, a lot of those guys, it doesn't matter, but his, that shot that sent the goalie into the stratosphere to try to block it was impressive. It was I don't, impressive. like, I, said, I don't know much that could be routine for them. And I'm sure they knock those out in practice daily but taking it from midfield, taking what four or five dribbles, crossing his left, and just booting it—I don't know much, but that was pretty dang impressive. Yeah, yeah, it was—it was such a sick goal. Again, my up until that point, my goal was Ronaldo's nutmeg. Gotta I think, <laughs> but I think Townsend takes it because that was just a powerful strike. It was. It was beautiful. 
Well, let's move to lock it in review guys. We were like Arizona sports betting opened on Thursday, but we all would have won a lot of money <laughs> if uh, it had opened up two weeks earlier. Cause we went four and Oh, I'd have to look back, but well, we've never had four hosts. So <laughs> this is the first time we've ever gone four and Oh, as, as a unit. So I took wolves over Watford. That moves me to four and Oh. Uh, Tim took Chelsea over Villa. That moves him to three and one. Chris took United over Newcastle. That moves him to two and two. And Kemi took Liverpool over Leeds, which moves him to two and two as well. So impressive showing, gentlemen. Uh, Kemi, you still have honors. Who are you taking for your lock it in? I'm going with the Wolves, and I missed who they're playing, but I'm going with the Wolves this week for my lock. They play Brentford at home. Brentford. So I, I actually didn't anticipate anyone taking that match. So I thought for sure it was going to be left for me, but it alas it was not. So Kemi, I think that's a great pick. Um, Chris, this is you what you get next... for being a Niners fan, bro. Oh, come on. <laughs> I had a great weekend. I like, I think it may be one of the first weekends all time that I've gone undefeated with all of my teams across like, the spectrum. And that's impressive with baseball playing like Giants yeah. won all their games. Niners won, Ducks won, ASU won. It was a, it was a good weekend. Wolves. Your smile is a bit brighter today than it's been in previous weeks. It's bright. <laughs> My fantasy team lost. So, so I guess that kind of sucks, but uh, Chris, how about you? Who are you taking? Yeah, I, uh, I'm getting back on the train. Anybody who listened last year, I was down big and then I rode the train of Manchester city all the way back into prominence. So I'm taking Manchester city over Southampton this week. All right. Uh, that leaves uh, Liverpool for Tim. He had sent his, his requests in early. So he is taking who's Liverpool play. Uh, uh, Liverpool even... plays crystal palace. Oh, yeah, he's taking Liverpool over Crystal Palace. You guys have not left me with some great options, but I am going to – I'm going for it. I am taking Chelsea over Tottenham. Tottenham at home. I don't like picking road teams, but I will take Chelsea over Tottenham. Remember this ma- oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, remember that match from last season when they were first and second, and it was Jose's classic. They lost, Chelsea beat Tottenham, and then Jose in his post-match said, the better team lost today, but we'll, you know, we'll prove it in the standings at the end of the year. And then they went on like one of their most historic, horrific runs of all time. And then he got fired. And then he got fired. That's Jose's style. I haven't seen how Roma's doing. I know they won, I think, their first couple matches, but it's Syria. So, yeah. Kemi, who uh, who are you going to focus on this week? Um, the Leeds and the Newcastle match. I'm watching Leeds this week. I realize that my picks don't really make sense um, at all. I'm just kind of I'm I'm just bouncing around trying to feature a new team each week. I know nothing about Leeds and I know nothing about Newcastle. Well, I would say new Newcastle is very forgettable. I, I mean, if I don't know how, I don't know how someone could ever 
choose new <laughs> new people <laughs> as a neophyte on football neophytes i want to or on soccer neophytes i want to be equal opportunity i want someone to fall in love with whatever team they want to but mm-hmm. newcastle is just they have they're horrible, not that team <laughs> they have horrible owners there's not a lot to enjoy about them so but leads on the other hand that's the team that kyle chose uh, last season, um, Leeds is a very exciting team. Uh, they they have a very kind of forward attacking. They should score lots of goals. Style. Um, they have not played like that this year so far. I think they're towards the bottom. They're in seventeenth. Um, they've allowed a lot of goals. They, they really haven't played well, but they have some, there's some fan or some, uh, soccer neophytes favorites on that team, Patrick Bamford. He's their goal scorer. Uh, we, we have really enjoyed him. Uh, they have another forward Rafinha. He's a Brazilian guy. He's great. Um, Jack Harrison's a midfielder to look out for. Uh, Daniel James, who we've referred to, he's a former Manchester United player. Um, he just transferred right at the end of the transfer window. Um, Calvin Phillips, he's like a Leeds lifer. Everyone loves him. I think he's from Leeds. Um, he's another midfielder to keep your eye on. Um, Ilian Mes- Meslier is their, is their keeper. Um, he's, he's, I think pretty good. He's super young. Once you see him, you're going to think like, maybe he's skipping school to be at the game. Like that's how young he looks. And he is young. They play as such an attacking style though. He allows a lot of goals, but he'll also make some really great saves. I remember last year being really impressed with some of the saves he made. Uh, and then Luke Ailing's another guy, another name that stands out as a defender. Um, Chris, anyone else that I'm missing that's that's worth talking about? Uh, you said Calvin Phillips, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, not really. Maybe some of their minor players who every so often show up. Stuart Dallas is pretty decent. Uh-huh. Uh, the biggest thing with Leeds is their style of play is so fun. And um, hopefully you get that match where they score five goals and not the match where they give up five goals. So um, it's like they're still, you know, they just made it up in the Premier League last year, and they stayed up and had a pretty decent season last year. Uh, But they're still new in the Premier League. They're still a promoted club for the most part. And so they're kind of having that second-year struggle a little bit right now. But I feel like once they get rolling, I'm really excited to see what Daniel James offers because he's just – he's like a puppy you just let loose on the pitch and he just goes crazy. So he's going to fit in so well with their style of play and how he presses and aggressive. So looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're just a fun team to watch. Hopefully you get the good, not the bad. Cool. Yeah, they are. Um, they're on the road for this match. Oh, that's actually one of the best things about uh, Newcastle is St. James park is one of the coolest looking parks. So um, just keep your eye on it, whatever, like 
angles. If you can watch earlier, like before the match starts, okay. you'll be able to get a great view. They'll probably show some like overheads or some like different views, but I think St. James Park's one of the best. And at least my Wolverhampton friends say it's one of the best away days. I guess there's lots of good pubs up there. They love traveling to Newcastle. So some other, we can throw some other nice things out about Newcastle, but uh, Leeds. The other thing to mention is their manager is a guy named Marcelo Bielsa. There's, he plays like Chris said, a really aggressive attacking style, but there's some criticism that it's, it's very tiring mm-hmm. and that it's really hard for a team to keep up. They call it Bielsa ball for a full season. So they did keep it up for a full season last year, but we may be seeing some of the after effects of that this season. So it'll be interesting. I Leeds is a, they're a traditional team. They've been around for a long time. They were one of the best teams um, back in like the nineties. And so they have a great history. They should be in the premier league. I think, they're a team I would want to stay in the premier league. So you should have fun. It should be cool. a good, one, especially against Newcastle. I imagine there being quite a few goals. It's the benefit of being new to this sport. I have fun every week and sometimes I switch allegiances. There you go. It's a okay to do. If you switch to Newcastle, I'll be shocked, but who knows? <laughs> Stranger things have happened. True. With that gentleman, um, that's everything. So yeah. one, there's one little thing that we should probably just throw out there. Champions League starts tomorrow. So uh, if you're looking for some very, very high class soccer, the Champions League kicks off tomorrow. My boys from Manchester United play young boys at Wankdorf Stadium. So tune in tomorrow morning. But if you're looking for some Champions League action, it kicks off tomorrow and this week. So good games, good matches to watch there. Yeah, this is this will give you. You can follow some of the Premier League teams. Um, Wednesday, Liverpool plays AC Milan, which are two of like the historic clubs. So that's a pretty like epic matchup to start off Champions League. Um, I'm not sure who City and Chelsea plays Zenit tomorrow, and then uh, Man City plays RB Leipzig on Wednesday. Oh. Which- I- is a good matchup as well. That should also, yeah, that should also be a good match. Um, and then Thursday, there would be some Europa, which I'm not quite sure uh, who who's playing on Thursday, but Thursday there will also be Europa League. So West Ham's probably playing and... Oh, and Leicester. Leicester would be the other team. So there's plenty of soccer still to watch midweek. So if you have that flexibility of schedule, try and check out one or two of the games. Yeah. And Kemi, if you have any availability and you want to watch a non-English club, watch Dortmund play on Wednesday at 9.45 a.m. because they probably have the best young player in the world right now now with Erling Haaland, who is just out of this world. He scored 99 goals in 93 career games. Hmm. And he's like 19 years old, 18 years old, 20 He's, he is the most broish bro you will ever see. Like there is heart bro. No, even more. He like 
he looks like he should be walking out of the Pike house at ASU. Like <laughs> if you saw him walk out of Pike house, you would never think anything different. Like he is yeah. the most broish bro ever. Hey, he's 21. So he, uh, he just turned 21 in July and he's absolutely incredible. And he's probably going to be in the premier league next year. It's just going to be which team ponies up the 220 million for him. Yeah. Good for him. He'll, he'll break. Yeah. He'll break, uh, he'll break a record. Where's Dortmund? Germany. Germany. Cool. But other than that, I'm out of things to say now, guys. (laughs) That's it. Now we'll get to editing out all of my uh, NFL talk that we. Yeah, man, you have a night ahead of you. Yes, I do. We love (laughs) you. And don't forget, Glazer's out. Glazer's out. Thank you.